0: Good morning, mm-hmm. and thank you for joining me with a six-pack, the Scano Six-Pack, the only podcast that's bringing you the latest stories in Wisconsin sports every single day, and we do it in less time than it takes to complete your morning commute. I'm your host, Kevin Stumberus, and you can follow me on Twitter, or I guess 12x now, um, at Tedrick Stumbrous, and follow the podcast at Scano Six-Pack to get the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. You're watching here on YouTube, or if you want to catch the podcast on YouTube. You can find us there by looking up Scotty Six Pack, smash the like button, the subscribe button, helps us grow, and helps us continue in conversation with other Wisconsin sports fans. So, let's get into it. we got two segments today. One, we're going to hit on something that we have all been waiting for, Green Bay Packers. Training camp finally here. Veterans, report to training camp today. And practices start tomorrow. And I got one thing that fans should be paying attention to. And one thing that fans should not be paying attention to out of training camp. After that, we're going to talk a little bit of Milwaukee Brewers baseball uh, because a lot has happened. And that's what we spent the vast majority of the last show talking about. Um, So, one thing to pay attention to, training camp. The defensive line. This is, I think in my opinion, the most underrated question on the Green Bay Packers' loss for the 2020 season, And I kind of mean defensive line as you know, like a catch defensive line, outside line, everything from run prevention to rushing. And Packers' lost to significant contributors on the defensive line in the offseason. Dean Lowry on the end goes to Minnesota and free agency. Darren Reed, who spent more time playing up the middle, goes back to Seattle, where he started his career. In terms of roster additions, Packers brought on Colby Wooden, fourth-round pick out of Auburn. Carl Brooks, the sixth-round pick out of Bowling Green, who I think has a lot of upside. And he's played everywhere. On the line. Like, this guy, if you have heard any of the kind of listen coverage uh, with these position coaches, he seems to really get. It. He seems to have it all together for a guy who went to, you know, bowling green. Um, it's like he it never on the line, but profiles more on the edge. Again, because he went to bowling green, doesn't really have a track record playing against elite competition for pair for mobile now. Uh, however, looked absolutely fantastic, really ate it up at the seed year. One thing to remember is that these are the big additions, and most rookies aren't great. Uh, Teddy Clark, the defense attack, wasn't great as a well. rookie. Sean Gary, on the edge, famously, took a couple of seasons before he really broke out in 2021. Ivers fans, all over the place, were ready to call Sean Gary a bust. Dante White, first-round pick, wasn't that good last season, and really saw his staff counts go up and down on a defense that, struggle to stop the run all year long. Ultimately, why this matters that these are the additions, while Dean Lowry and Jared Reed are, are the subtraction. Did the Packers lose a lot? and lose two starters on the defensive line, and didn't bring in any proven players or do any more to replace it. So, what's gonna be? It's going to have to be some combination of guys already on this roster, guys who have been on this roster. TJ Slate, who in his third year started two games last year, has gotten the snaps in every game since he came into the league, but hasn't been asked to do a lot. He could be a rotational piece up the middle to help replace some of that production from Jaron Reed. Jonathan Ford or Chris Slate, both former seventh round picks that haven't seen in action yet. Chris Slaney, looks more like a career career roster guy, career practice squad guy. Maybe the Packers see something out of training camp from him or Jonathan Ford that gives them reason to be hopeful. But the big elephant in the room has to be Devontae Wyatt. And in a way, the elephant in the room amidst this entire defensive line, amidst this entire defensive side of the ball conversation has to be Joe Bear. Uh, Because Devontae Wyatt is an example of just how many high pick players, how much high graphic talent, talent, high on this defense? I mean, guys like Jay White, Walker, Stokes, Sean Gary. That <laughs> has to be an example of just how much Joe Barry needs to figure in. Because many of us have been asking the question, the Joe Barry question, or Multiple seasons now, even though he has barely had seasons in Green Bay. So Devontae won size, snap count, wax and wane in 2022. Ultimately finished with just 15 tackles, but one and a half sacks. Like we mentioned, rookies aren't great. Kenny Clark' improvement from year one to two was tremendous. As we mentioned, from year one to two, year one Kenny Clark goes zero sacks, 21. To four-and-a-half sacks and 55 tackles. So that's a jump of four-and-a-half more sacks and 34 more He in Henry Clark's second year goal. Which is huge. Part of that is because he got more sacks. Went from two starts in 16 games to 15 starts. And I think Devontae White is going to have to get a similar jump in playing because I struggle to see, aside from TJ Slayton, who else is going to eat up those snaps up the middle of the defensive line. Notably for Kenneth Clark, too, those four and a half sacks and 55 tackles in the second year of the league are still both his second highest marks ever in a season. So I don't think we're going to see this big of a jump necessarily for Devontae Wyatt, but a modest jump still gets a lot of production up for Devontae Wyatt. If we want to look at kind of the guy he needs to replace, that's Jared Reed, who had 52 tackles and two sacks last year. Jared Reed, a multi-year veteran, we're going to not expect that much from Devontae Wyatt, I don't think. But some combination of Devontae Wyatt's production needs to come close to that ability from Jared, I think. Particularly for this have received events that struggle so much. Pre stop, 3 run, so much. And outside linebacker, you know, we're going to move more around this tackle conversation to the edge. Packers don't lose anything anyway, except for Rashawn Gary for a few weeks at the beginning of the season, hopefully a few weeks as he comes off the ACL injury. But this is still a big wall, obviously, losing Rashawn Gary. Defense overall, the pass rush in particular, was just nowhere near as good with Rashawn Gary out of the lineup after suffering that ACL last year. According to ESPN Stats and Info, Packers' prefer rate fell from 40% to 32% with Rashawn Gary at the lineup. That's huge. However, not losing anybody on the edge. It's huge. Uh, Ragdamovsky wrote it piece for ESPN going over every position group on the Packers roster rating them better or worse than seven. they say that outside linebacker wasn't worse but he countered it by saying the Packers will be better when Gary returns from the ECL however it, it feels so disingenuous to me when your room returns everyone as a top 15 pick to then call that position group worse. And may I mention the guy we have not mentioned in this conversation he is a Lucas Van Ness, the top 15 pick who can legitimately play anywhere. And given the amount of production where, where Sean Gary isn't going to be in the starting light up week one, and you lose Dally Jared Reed up the middle, you die like, um, uh, I, I am, like, I'm so bad right now. You have this guy like Dean Lowry on the edge as well. All that, when you can have Lucas Van Ness, line up over the middle, line up at 3-tech, line up at 5-tech on the edge, that's a big piece to get back. Right, we might have to start season all over the place, at all of these places, kind of like he did right. He has the talent to do it, but like we mentioned, rookies usually have really steep learning but with other veterans on the roster, like Preston Smith, Justin Hollins, Kingsley and Jonathan Garvin, there's enough there that this team should be able, should, should be able to figure it out on the outside, to figure out how to get pressures. And if not, that just brings it back to the Joe Barry. The the smoke in the room, for every conversation that Habers fans are going to have about this defense this season is going to be about Joe Barry. If defense isn't doing well, Joe is going to get a lot of the blame. Frankly, if the defense does do well, I'm not sure that fans are going to be ready to give Joe Barry credit but they might have to because there's a lot of talent here. Joe Barry hasn't shown that he can make it work before. Something changes. Joe Barry is maybe the guy there was Lucas Van Ness, an action, absolute game-breaker, code. which, as we said, he struggled their first season, so I have a hard time seeing that necessarily be the case. Um, so my one big thing to ignore for the Green Bay Packers over trade is jordan okay don't ignore jordan love but ignore the hot takes this isn't jordan love's first set of practices as qb1 for the green bay packers and i know that sounds weird to say it sounds weird over because kendrick what are you talking about harry rogers has been starting quarterback on this green bay Packers scene for nearly one and a half decades how on earth is this not the best practices of Jordan Love as QB1 the Green Bay Packers? And it's because, frankly, Jordan Love has spent a lot of time in practices role-playing the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. He spent a lot of time leading up to 2022 as the starting quarterback when Rodgers skipped OTAs. Rodgers also spent in a lot of weeks over the past couple of seasons not practicing. During the week, as he recovered from various injuries, a lot of noise was made about Aaron Rodgers not practicing during the week, during the season, because he needs to rest his body. And somebody has to be taking starting quarterback snaps, practice, stalling game plan for everybody else on the roster. The world does not stop when Aaron Rodgers is not there to put ball board. Jordan Love was there, throwing the passes, developing relationships with the guys on the roster, with the defense, with the offensive line, and say the receivers. But basically, none of those guys are there. Anymore. What we need to see from Jordan Love is, you know, and this is a warning for pretty much everybody on the roster, but especially Jordan Love because that's where all the clickbait is going to be. Quite frankly, is that. The highs aren't actually that high coming out of training. And the lows aren't actually that low. There's going to be roster decisions made for, you know, some of these guys. Most of these roster spots are probably already decided. But overall, we're going to see some guys, and then we're going to get a better look at them during the season too. And that's what we need to see from Jordan I've After spending all offseason dissecting every single throw, that Jordan Love made in Kansas City and against Philadelphia, what we need is to see more of that in real game time. Because Pat Fleur and Jordan Love are going to be installing an offense and building chemistry with wide receivers and tight ends for all very, very, very young. And that's another reason to ignore the Jordan Love drum coming out of training game. Because who knows? But this pass catcher situation is really going to be like that. If you want to pay attention to the Jordan Love of it all, pay attention to what's going on with the wide receivers, with the tight ends. I think it's going to be hard as, you know, casual onlookers to get a solid understanding of, you know, our tight ends actually holding up in pass protection? Are they remembering routes in pass protection? All of that is are the wide receivers running the right route? If receivers are making a plan, is it because Jordan Love is trying to test them, try to throw the ball out there and see what the receivers can do? Or is someone like Luke Musgrave missing a block? You know, it's going to be hard for us to tell that outside of real game action, where in practice the play might get blown down and it might be unclear more. Overall, receivers, tight ends, to work. Needs to get work to work along with Jordan Love. But frankly, I am far more interested in what we're going to see and learn on the defensive side of the ball than what we will learn on offense during practices. This. Yeah, you don't want to go to practices. You want to go to games. I highly recommend heading over to TickPick, which is where I get all of my tickets on TickPick. That's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K. This isn't an ad. TickPick is just a service I love, and I want you to save money on your next ticket purchase. So when you use TickPick, you will never pay service or delivery fees like you will on other ticket selling apps, and it comes with a best price guarantee. If you find a new, minded, better price somewhere else for the same ticket, TickPick will refund you twice the difference in credit toward your next purchase. Plus, you use my link in the show description. You'll save ten dollars on your first order. Ten dollars on your first order. That's enough to. That's enough to buy uh, like terrace level tickets at some Brewers game. Great deal, definitely enough to buy four hundred level tickets, are near every game. Uh, so go to the Apple Store. Go to the Google Play Store. Just type in the dang site into your browser. Download the TickPick Pick app. That's T I C K P I C K. And use my local podcast subscription. Save $10 on your first order. Never pay service fees or tickets ever mm-hmm. again. So, moving back to sports, sports and what's the order? Let's talk about the Milwaukee. Oh, my goodness. This team is so much fun, and we're just keep winning. This has been—the baseball season is so, so long. And, you know, I grew up in and grew up a large NHL band, right? We both have Wisconsinites grown to become more invested in the day to day of the NBA regular season with NAS the Milwaukee boss as real title contenders for the first time in you know, fifty years, Um and so even that feels so brief compared to the the never ending Major League Baseball regular season. Because it feels so long ago Brewers were on the absolute hot streak starting the year, and then went down for so long. Just couldn't figure out how to hit the ball, couldn't figure out how to do anything. And now, they're on an upswing swing again, and on the show, I talked right at the end of the All-Star break and about you know, what was coming up for the Milwaukee Brewers, and then the Brewers swept the Reds in Cincinnati, took two out of three from Philadelphia, and then took one out of three From Atlanta, but were legitimately in every game against a very, very good Braves team. They're slumping a little bit right now. A very good Braves team. That Milwaukee was in all three games, had a shot to win all three of those games. And last night, Milwaukee beat the Reds again in the last, in the first of the last three games. Milwaukee's going to play against Cincinnati this year against, you know, their opponent, fourth division. The Reds. Had one by 5 straight coming into last night. I was going to record this earlier, but frankly, got engrossed with this Milwaukee Brewers game because it was a blast to watch. And Brewers win it with Christian Yelich's first walk-off hit since 2019. Since 2019, mind you, which was his last MVP caliber season, further escalating the Christian Yelich is back-o-meter. Sal gets called up over the weekend. Goes 3-for-3 three three in his debut. He has two outstanding catches in one inning during that game. And last night, it's his first league home run to tie up the game against the Reds. I know we're coming up in a sports calendar. Packers have training camp. And we're going to get into preseason, season. And it's going to be the NFL regular season before we know it. Even before that, Wisconsin Badgers football camp and of a new era in Madison under head coach Keith Bickle and offensive coordinator Phil Waddell running the array. Don't forget about the Brewers. They could just keep getting better. Really, I mean, I know they're hot right now, and yeah, they'll they'll cool down a little bit, but the Brewers could just keep getting better to maintain something that looks like this today, that they are currently on. The have a one-and-a-half game lead in the division now, and as of today, would have the top wild hard stop with their current record. Which is not something I think what most of us assumed would be realistic for a team coming out of the NL Central, you know, a, a month ago. Uh, Raiden Woodruff, who's been out since the very beginning of the year, since April, did one rehab start with the Tibber Rattlers over the weekend. He'll do one more on Thursday. And then he may do one at AAA in Asheville before coming back into the rotation, which also who knows? I was in Nashville up until Saturday. And now apparently, you know, Brandon Woodruff's going to end up going there. And I could have been in Appleton this past week to go to Iceberg's rehab starts for Woodruff at the as well. But last minute made plans to come here to somewhere in the middle of texas I'm like just barely missing these minor league rehab starts for brandon woodruff however i will say my last nashville sounds game in the two weeks i was in nashville was south bralicks although i didn't know it at the time you know last day in nashville before he got called call to move on so uh very neat. He didn't actually have a very good night, um <laughs> that day, but he I went to another where he reached base for straight appearances or something ridiculous because self-brele look is fun to watch. Um so Brandon Wood could be coming back, just making his Burr's team better. Uh Brewers also don't have their starting first baseman right now. Rapitellas, who you know had a maybe fake injury right before the all-star break, then suffered a real injury when he cut his hand on the fence at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. Uh, so now he's out for a little You know, hopefully we'll be back, be back in a week or so. Um, but the Brewers are hopefully going to get some real roster help back soon to improve them on the margins a little bit. Uh, you know, Milwaukee, as they usually do, will likely make a minor move at the deadline, you know, acquire a reliever. help. To shuttle bodies between AAA and uh, and big league club just to keep arms fresh. Uh, so Brewers have to get the new series in Cincinnati, and their return trip to Atlanta. Then the Brewers play three three game series in a row against Washington Nationals, Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Colorado Rockies. That's the start of August the Brewers is the Nationals, Pirates, and Rockies, who have the three worst records in the National. League. After that, the Brewers play the White Sox, which are only better than the Royals and the A's in the American League. But Kansas City and Oakland are having historically tremendous off seasons. Awesome. So as soon as the Brewers get through this slog between Cincinnati and Atlanta, they're going to go on to play 12 games against, you know, four of the worst teams in basically could be a great run particularly that first half of August to help the Brewers you know hopefully grow this lead they had on Cincinnati as you know right now they won a half game lead and then into game two the ultimate game of the season against the Cincinnati Rams, second place team in the division I always feel wary of getting optimistic By the Brewers. Now, I'm not saying this is a World Series contending team because they don't have enough offense to do it. Pitching is just a little too shaky this year. Um, But right now, I just can't help getting optimistic. You know, hopefully seeing this team win a World Series, get to the DS, and maybe get luck. Great. First 7 3 record out of the All Star break. Best in the NL. Tied with the Dodgers. Who knows? Could be fun. August September to be a Brewers fan. If you care, pay hey, just a little bit of attention. And uh, maybe care to, you know, buy a ticket on Tick Get your way to a Brewers game. It'll be it'll be good for you. I, I promise. Uh if you're going, hit me up on Twitter, at Patrick at Scam Six Pack. Let me know. Would love to link up. And I'll buy it Uh as long as you bought your tickets on Ticket. Uh but that is it. For today's edition of the Sky and Six Pack, follow us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you can get your podcasts to start every day with everything you need to know in Wisconsin sports. While you're there, while you're on Spotify, while you're on Apple, while you're you're here on YouTube, you know, like the stream, leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. You've got a review, leave a kind comment, tell some folks what you like about the show, help us grow the show, and allow us to. Make even better content for all of you will allow us to keep conversation going with Wisconsin sports fans. Thanks again for listening. I've been your host, Heather Sombras. I'm Wisconsin.